Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs all whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. I find I tend to always connect with who I speak to, but with my next guest, the connection was just, it was just so there. So like I've known this guy all my life. He's so relaxing to be around. He's one of those people you could spend all day just drinking cups of tea with and not realising where the day has gone. I'm now thinking we need to chat again very soon and he needs to teach me in our podcast how to play the ukulele. I'm delighted to introduce you to Matt Parkin. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Matt. (laughs) Hello, Bonnie. How you doing? I'm brilliant. Right. Go on, then. Ask me some questions or shall I ask you some questions? Oh, no, no. We don't. No, we just, I just, well, I tell you what I really want to know. Because we've chatted before, and I really want to know more about your ukulele playing and teaching. That's what I really want to know about. Because I have spoken to quite a lot of people about it, and I was like, "It's this guy, and he teaches ukulele, and it's you know, it was awesome and everything." And then, I, I, who knows where that's going to take us? But I also want to know more about, or I'd love to chat to you about your recent trip to the states, if if we can because it is something that I did want to do. And I was trying to do, I was trying to book flights for August. Yeah. Oh, how difficult is it to, to get a flight from Manchester direct to Phoenix and then back again? It's difficult. Well, you might have to adapt your plan slightly um, and not go direct. Are you, are, you, are you kind of direct or nothing? Oh, no, I'm not direct or nothing, but I, I'm not... I, I quite like because it's you know it's that long period of time, isn't it? You know, you leave home. I just want to get to where I'm going. I did. Basically, I went to America for three days, and I got jet lag there, and I got jet lag on the way back, and it oh basically God. took two weeks of my life out. <laughs> I, I left Gibraltar on the Tuesday. I got to London, stopped over, and got a flight to Phoenix direct the next day, and. Promptly had three hours sleep a night for the entire time I was there. The the, the night I arrived, I woke up at two o'clock and I, I was ironing shirts. Oh gosh! I don't I don't iron shirts. We are trying to make an impression. <laughs> I, know, it's, it's like, I thought, right, I'm awake. Let's do something practical. I mean, the whole thing about jet lag is you you end up kind of being awake when nobody else is, and you you end up. 
doing things that have absolutely no bearing on your life whatsoever, like ironing. Yeah. You know, unbelievable, unbelievable. But, yeah, it was brilliant. The whole mm. – you know what it was like, Bonnie? I mean, just to in case – Actually, you probably have done this in the intro, but we both do online stuff for people that involve being creative and making yes. people happy. That's yeah. our connection. Yeah, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And um, so basically, I was in, I was in a room in Phoenix, at a hotel in Phoenix, Arizona, with a hundred other people that do stuff online and get it, and it was just really nice because yeah, every single conversation, yeah, you, you kind of didn't have to go through the I, mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I, I, I immediately, whenever I tell somebody that I teach people the ukulele online, the, the, the immediate response is, really? And then, the, <laughs> then straight after that is, does it earn any money? And, <laughs> you know, you have to go, well, actually, yeah, it does. It's okay. You know, we, yeah, I survive. I can eat things. Um, but yeah, all that, all that sort of level of conversation was out of the way. And we're just straight into like the nitty gritty. I've got loads of great ideas, met a load of good people. And it was just really, really nice. I can yeah, go in August. Go in August. You'll love it. Yeah, I was looking at I was looking at flights. So I'm heading over in uh, October as well. And mm. um, it was just yeah, I was just like, why why can I fly direct there, but I can't on the way back? I found exactly the same thing. Yeah, really, really weird. Um, but I, anyway, so I might have another look. Um, I might have another look because I do. It's out of my comfort zone. My comfort zone is sitting here in my studio <laughs> and, and it's not getting out and about and, and whatever. And it's, um, you know, it's time that I start to, to creep out of my comfort zone a little bit. And I have got some exciting plans yeah. uh, for stuff that, that, that I want to do. But particularly, like you were saying, meeting up with people, because I'm really passionate about my art. I'm really passionate about my art and I love it. But I'm also incredibly passionate about being an entrepreneur and having my business uh, and creating my business. That is something I'm really proud of. Yeah, you know? and rightly so. Yeah, you know, and, and actually meeting other people who feel the same. It, it's, it's, you know what it's like when you're in a, in a, you know, a crowd of people who are all really happy and really excited about serving other people and doing stuff for other people and and helping uh, other people sort of you know grow in whatever they want it's the most amazing place to be yeah that sums it up it was just a room full of people that got it they're all doing it for the right reasons and i mean the the, the kind of the people that are, are, are bought in by james attracted by james wedmore i mean the one of the great things about it it was 70 or 80 percent women right and all the guys that were there, and I talked with yeah you know, with with them all, kind of like individually, pretty much. We've all got seventy to eighty percent women within our communities. So this great sort of feminine energy. There's no kind of like macho stuff that we've yeah. all tried to avoid our entire lives. And it was just wonderful. It was just a lovely, lovely vibe, yeah. and and it was. Yeah, just 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 connecting with people that want to help people, and I, I think it's quite interesting what you said. The, the dual lines of yes, it's like like me. I, I'm passionate about music, but I'm also passionate about business, mm. and passionate about bringing what I do to other people, as I know you are. Mm. And it's you know it's, it's the, that duality that that those, those two prongs, and also as an artist, I mean you might have found this. I don't know, but you know as an artist, we were just meant to do it for love. 
and you know the kind of the headspace of going through that and like is it right for me to earn money doing something i love mm. i mean you, you, yeah you know and that is the, you get that in your own headspace yeah but you also get it from people who you know almost don't think you should be yeah which is weird yep because you know if you if you're going to survive and you're going to make a living you've got to do something yep so so why not do something that you absolutely truly love doing and yeah. I, I you know yes it is and i still do loads of stuff for free i'm always doing stuff for free I'm either I, somebody either pays for it or they get it for free, and I'm really happy with that. And the free stuff and the stuff that I do for charity helps me with my with 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 my mindset that oh my god, I you know, because it's not uh, the same with you with your music and everything. It's it's we haven't got a product, we haven't got something that we are taking off a shelf and physically giving to somebody. We yeah. are giving ourselves, and that's what the you know art's all about, isn't it? And that then makes it really difficult for us then to put a price on that. Yeah. How, how, how do you put a price on 40 plus years of experience? You know, how do you do that? I mean, you know, when, when, I'm, when I'm doing a, a, a live session with my community, I've been doing this kind of stuff since my early teens and getting paid for it. I mean, it, it, it's just stuff. That yeah. you just—how do you put a price on it? How do you, how do you top that up? Yeah. You can't. No, no, it's it's really hard. And then, but being within a community like James's, you know, where where people are, you know, they do have the memberships and all of that kind of stuff. That then gives you a really good idea, and and people then kind of help you with, oh well, you know, this is what we charge, or that that's what they charge, or and then you can because otherwise you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, picking yeah figures of all our time. Yeah, yeah, it it is. It's uh, the the whole community thing. Like, I mean, I've always had a community of musicians and you know people I've kind of created with, but it's been so nice to find a community of entrepreneurs that are passionate about sharing their learning, mm. and and yeah, just the 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 access to knowledge. I mean. Yeah, I was, I was I was sat there talking to this bloke Keith, who um, him and him and his wife Anna run this this uh, company called Make More Music, and they basically teach teach people how, how to make electronic dance music, and he's he's got a huge membership, massive membership. He's in James's mastermind, and he's um, I mean I don't, I don't know what they're turning over, but it's multiple seven figures, and it's on a. Yeah, a, a product. I mean, I think their membership's about fifty quid a month or something. You know, not massively expensive. But he just—I I sat down, had a chat with him over breakfast, and came away with two or three really great ideas because he's just a stage on from me. Yeah. And conversely, as well, there was people that weren't as far on as me that were well sitting down with, and we were sharing ideas, and I could see yeah. that they were benefiting from what I've been through. Yeah, I love that. I, I I love that, and I also love that. You know, we uh, we give, we get back from others. You know, they they sort of help us with different things, and then we share that. So it's this whole knowledge sharing thing, which is a, which is amazing, and that's always what I've aimed to do um, in the art world. And and I have to say, 
I would say the majority of artists that I've come across are, are very similar in the fact that they love to, they don't want to keep anything back. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, I, I don't, I don't tend to find that in the, in the art world. I think, I, I think people are very generous with their knowledge, knowledge sharing. <laughs> it's too early yeah. in the morning. Um, you know, which is wonderful. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about you, how you find it with, with the art stuff. But with, with the kind of music stuff, the basic physicality of playing an instrument, I mean, for, for example, bass guitar, which is my main instrument, I sat down with a friend who has a bit of knowledge about playing bass guitar. He's a bit older than me. He started quite late, but he's really into it. I sat down with him on Friday night, and within about 20 minutes, I had told him all of the, the, the basic physical things you need to think about while playing the bass guitar. Same with the ukulele. I could teach somebody how to play the ukulele in, you know, half hour, you know, but then it's guiding people through the process of their own self-exploration so yeah. they can get better at doing it. I can't get it better at doing it for them, but mm. the actual basic bits of knowledge that you give at the start is... It's just it's, it, there's not a lot to it, really. It's I mean, yeah, yeah. I think you know. I, I, yes, I, when I'm when I'm t I mean, I'll t I'll give if anything anybody wants to know about the drawing. Any, I mean, anything anybody wants to know about running a you know a, a, a business. I'm just like you, you can have it all because it's not just the. I mean, if I could give them even more information about how. For me, it would be how it feels, how my arm feels when I'm holding a pencil and what the pencil feels like mm. on the paper. That's the, like the stuff that people have to find out for themselves because yeah. you can't teach that because it's a it's a you try, but it's really difficult because it, it's a feeling. It's a it's a whole thing that just happens. Yeah, I, I've got a very light touch, so I, I use very light pressure. Some people are far more, they've got a different kind of pressure. They they prefer, you know, to be a little bit heavier, you know, and it's that that you can teach all of the techniques, do this, do that, use this color, use that color, put this together, do that, do that. But it's the actual feeling of it. It's that whole whatever it is, <laughs> you know, it's the it's that personal touch that every single different person does differently. It's totally unique to them. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, you're completely right. It, and it's exactly the same. While you were talking there, one of the things that came to me was the similarity between what we do. We both use a tool to do a job. Yours is a pencil, mine is an instrument. You can you can show somebody how to use that tool. You can say, hold it like this, do it like that, whatever. But as an artist, it, you're completely right. It's the expression you, you, you push through that tool that mm. makes it yours that makes it special that means that you will produce the unique art or the unique music or the connections with other people that that will bring mm -hmm. and it's so important to kind of get people i reckon as quickly to the stage where they can do that as possible i got a, a lovely message from one of my community the other day from sabina she's been playing in a kind of ukulele group for a couple of years now but she she went along to a jam night and the the format was everybody took it in turns to play a song and then the other people joined in it wasn't just ukulele players there was a couple of people on guitars and drums and like somebody on a pipe or whatever 
Um, but she said it got to her and she was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And they basically forced her to play a song. And then she just said the feeling of having these other musicians just join in with her and play with something that she'd presented and done. It just took it to a whole other level emotionally. And she found you know, the connections. And I can't teach that. No. no. All I can do is show the way. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, you know, when and I'm sure you get the same thing, you know, when you when you hear one of your students playing and then they go, oh, you know, yeah, but, you know, Matt, Matt taught me, blah, blah, blah. You're like, yeah, but I, I've kind of showed you how to do this and I've showed you. But you're the one that's put the work in. You're the one that's making this amazing sound. I, I you know, and that's the same with me, with with, you know, the people who I teach to draw. People talk about there's no, no such thing as talent. I don't know what you think about this, but people talk about there's no such thing as, as talent and it's all practice and blah, blah, blah. I personally think that some people have got a little spark of something incredibly magical. And if and if they pick up the the thing that they were meant to do, they can create the most amazing stuff. Obviously, you have to have the practice and, and everything like that to, to bring it out. But you'll find musicians that are virtuosos. You'll find, you know, people who sing have just got that extra something. Athletes, you know, yeah, you've got to put all of the stuff in. And a lot of it may be passion, might be that you're so passionate about it. You know, I, I, I'm not saying I'm one of those people, but I have a thing about colour. I, I can see colour. I can see colour in my head I can mix colors in my head and wow. I and I that's how I kind of you know I'm not saying that that I'm a genius or anything like that but that is my that's what I'm good at oh yeah you know? and we've all seen the evidence Bonnie you're pretty damn good at it which is great <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you, you I okay right um go going back to talent Yes, some people have a spark. I, be, I firmly believe, from a musical point of view, that everybody can improve. Yeah. Everybody has the, uh, the opportunity and ability to use music for their personal growth, their artistic growth, for, for their enjoyment, for just the soul food that it gives you. Right? Everybody can get something out of music. I've not found anybody that is completely tone deaf. It's like a muscle. It can be exercised. But there are some people you hand an instrument to and, you know, the pixies fly out of it. You know, there's, there's that indefinable, inexplicable difference that some people have. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've, I was watching a, a video yesterday on on um, on Facebook, a mate of mine came up. He's a bloke called Rob. He's um, he plays sax with Steve Hackett, and he. I went to school with Rob. He was in my first band. We were awful, but he's very, very, very talented. And he's just one of these people. I mean, yeah, he could pick up any instrument, and it would just explode with life. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm a pretty good musician. I've learned to, earned a living out of it. I've, I've it's done, done. He's a different level. Mm. And it's just, it's just wonderful when you see these people that, especially if they haven't 
accessed or been in, aligned with whatever gift they were meant to have until they're kind of older and been through a whole load of different stuff. And I mean, I see these people in their kind of 50s just going, wow, I can do this. Mm. And some of them really explode. I mean, I, I, I'm okay. I'm, 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 I don't count myself as a ukulele player. I learned the ukulele specifically to teach people how to access music. I play about six other instruments better. And for me, that doesn't matter. The, 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 this, the ukulele is about getting people playing, getting people doing stuff. I have a lot of people that move on to other instruments or find their other way. But it's, it's I mean, there's, there's some people that have come through to me that are much better than me now mm. as instrument, yeah. as, as ukulele. Fantastic. Brilliant. You know, they, 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 they really identify with the instrument and really, really, really explode into it. That's brilliant. I don't. I just use it as a tool to facilitate their learning. And yeah, I think yeah. that's what, what you were saying about kind of divorcing yourself from the, yeah, almost the, the ego fuel of, um, yeah, I taught this person. Um, or, yeah, because I don't see it. I, I, I kind of, I open the door, kick them through it, and, you know, I, I show them the possibilities. I mean, one of the things I've, I've been going through a lot of imposter syndrome recently because of this, this kind of idea that, you know, how can I be teaching ukulele? And I've taught, I've taught about two and a half thousand people now. It's all kind of embryonic, but I'm, you know, it's, mm. it, 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 it's a sizable number, but how can I teach people the ukulele if I'm not really a ukulele player? Oh no, shock horror. What can happen? But I think, I, I think I basically realigned myself and just just change the way I'm thinking about it. So, I mean, I just facilitate people learning music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've always played loads of different instruments and I get loads and loads of enjoyment out of playing music. I'm, I'm playing music every weekend during the, the week. I'm always doing something with music. I'm always involved in something, recording something, writing something, doing something, helping somebody. And it's, it's, I'm starting to kind of see much more now as I sort of talk to my community that what they like in me is this passion. It's not the ukulele playing. I mean, that they've actually admitted that they, they knew almost from day one that I wasn't necessarily the best ukulele player in the world, but they just got, it's my enthusiasm for music. Yeah, that, you know, it, it, that is so important. When you have the, so I'm not a massive believer in um, imposter syndrome. I believe it's just a human trait. I believe it's it's just part of being human that we have these, you know, your, your thoughts and, exactly, yeah. yeah, our internal. I'm not saying it doesn't exist or anything, but that that's my that's how I see it. Yeah, and okay, yeah. My my worry is when we say that we have something, we put a label on ourselves, and we then almost become more of that thing. But what what when you have these thoughts, what do you do? How do you stop them? Is it something that kind of paralyzes you? Do you have to have a bit of a word with yourself? Mindset is a really big part of what I I do in my community mm. and trying to help people understand that what their internal voice is saying can really affect how they progress with you know what they're doing and it can it can have a, a, a massive effect on their how they live their lives so how do you get around when your internal voice is telling you that you shouldn't be doing this because you're not the best player blah 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 what what sort of strategies do you put in place to be able to get through it i'm going to rewind slightly and comment 
on what you were saying, and then I'm going to answer that. Mm. Human trait. Um, yeah, I, I think everybody has the little voices that go on. Mm. I, for years, I didn't realise it until over the over the past 10 years, I, com I completely retrained as a teacher. And I've done a lot of kind of looking at myself, a lot of thinking about myself, a lot of internal work. Mm. Um, and I found that I've got a, a history of mental illness in my family, my mother's side of the family. I'm, I, 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 would, I think I'm pro I think of the, the first person in four generations, a male on my mother's side of the family that hasn't been sectioned. And the obvious response to that is there's still time, Matthew. There's still time. Um, but I, I think having kind of like studied my family history, looked at myself, uh, I think a lot of it is it, it kind of always occurred in late teens. And it was when somebody was basically put into a box that they couldn't fit into. And I, I don't think this is uncommon. Mm. I, I, I think it's something that goes on a lot. But I, I was allowed to be a musician. I was allowed to kind of follow what I was doing. And although I, I kind of felt felt the, the pull on a few, I mean, I can remember specific occasions. I mean, walking around Leeds one day when I was 19 and it, I could feel myself losing it then and I didn't. But I think I've, I've always used playing the bass guitar as a meditation. Uh, it's, a, it's a really simple, repetitive, um, and obviously, consciously, I didn't. I didn't set out and say, "Right, I'm going to learn the bass guitar specifically so I can keep my monkey brain under control." But it's been a nice kind of byproduct. I learned the bass guitar because I was desperate to be a rock star, obviously. But um, the 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 whole the whole thing about those physical kind of repetitive creative processes, they just calm your brain i mean I, the same way i trained as a cabinet maker at one point and it's the same thing if you're you're planing a piece of wood with a hand plane it's you have to be quite precise but it's not actually that difficult it's actually quite a simple physical movement and it quietens the voices it's like it means you stay on the surfboard and i'm certain you must get that with using a pencil oh well that's exactly why i ended yeah. up drawing that that's why I picked up pencils and, and coloring books in 2016 because I needed something to forget you know um unhappy marriage stressful job mm. I needed something to be able to just disappear and I'd, I'd heard about oh color pencils you know uh coloring books really meditative really mindful and I was like oh I'll give that a go mm. I, honestly I I disappear and this is why I do I, so I do a lot of teaching and I do a lot of tutorials. My tutorials take a long time and I have to have something in between. And anytime I think mm, I really need to do something for me or I need to draw without having to discuss or, or teach, mm. I have to listen to that because that's what's that's what keeps me mm. enjoying what I do. And I literally I don't know where I go, but I go somewhere and I disappear and I can just come back again. And that is what, for me, is so special about creativity. And like you said, you get it in music, you get it in singing, you get it in dancing, you get it in anything that's creative. Yeah. You get that gorgeous flow, and it's amazing. Making things makes you happy. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether that's a, a piece of movement, a picture, a song, a table. 
it doesn't matter. Making something with your hands that comes from you is it's cooking, cooking too. I mean, I mean, I love cooking, and it, again, I just I just zone out. You know, it, it's it, it doesn't matter. I mean, and just just that process doing things like gardening. I mean, I've got a lovely crop of courgettes coming on at the moment. Yeah. Boy, oh boy, yes. Very happy with my courgette patch. Have you got a? Have you got? Have you got quite a big garden or a little garden? Or? No, at the moment I've got a tiny little backyard. Basically, I live in between Gibraltar and um, Spain, a little place in Spain, and I'm in Gibraltar because I have to be at the moment. I will probably be moving out relatively soon. I'm I'm happier in Spain. It's just more open. There's more light and air for me which I, I need and I'm I'm living in a little coastal town in in basically what is somebody's granny annex and I've got a tiny little triangular courtyard and it was completely empty when I got in there I think there was one succulent in a small pot on the side and it is now just full of plants um I keep I keep getting um potential plant containers from the bins because I like a bit of recycling too. <laughs> and I've got, I've got two B-days that I've, I've got a, a nice little connection of herbs in. I've got some big kind of planters that I've got as well. But I've got potatoes. I've got, I mean, it's, it's a tiny little area, but I would, I would say within about four metres, three to four metres square, I've got yeah, loads, loads of plants. I mean, I'm not self-sufficient by any means, but I love yeah. it. I get so much joy out of it. I yeah. used to have a really big veg garden, loads of fruit trees, and I'll have that again, and loads of chickens. I love keeping chickens as well. And it's, again, it's the process thing. Yeah. It's the seeing nature just move forward. And, like, you know, knowing that, you know, in a couple of months' time, there'll be apricots on that tree. And seeing that and... I love that. That gives me such peace of mind. Yeah, amazing. And you've got cats as well, haven't you? I've got two cats. They're still alive. That's good. <laughs> Thumbs up one, to that. <laughs> I've got I've got one dog, and she's still alive as well. Actually, at the moment, Molly, the dog, is is um is staying in doggy daycare five nights a week, which is right. she can't come into Gibraltar. It's just it's not fair. She hates yeah. it. Yeah, I'm in a little one bedroom flat in Gibraltar, and it's yeah. just not doable so she's she's off up in the hills running around with lots of little dogs and um she's quite happy but the yeah. cats are nice the cats again meditative i like having the cats but they're very demanding of my attention at the moment because i'm not there a lot right just on cuddles when i'm trying to work which is yeah bit, it's funny we we lost our our i have a, a, a ragdoll cat we had it for quite a long time 15 15, 16 years, and we lost her a couple of weeks ago. What was lovely about it was that she was poorly, but we 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 planned her departure. Mm. Um, and we said goodbye to her at home, which was really nice. And I'm um I I just love my animals. I've got my four dogs, and mm. we had Peggy who lived on the kitchen table, and she was an amazing cat. She just sort of was just there. Uh anyway, we've we've now I, I was looking at kittens. Not to replace Peggy in any way, yeah. but because I just love to have my animals around me. Cat, so I was looking at, you know, looking at kittens, and I went to see these these kittens, and and they were gorgeous. They attacked my hand, so I've got claw marks all <laughs> over. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, she was like, "Oh, uh, actually, she's a breeder," and she was like, um, 
We've got one that's actually coming back. She's six months old. She'd been living, this guy took her in um, January, but he's now got a new job and he's working away from home and he just doesn't think it's it's very fair, you know, for the cat. Because it's she's a house cat, she's a Maine Coon. Anyway, she showed me some pictures. I'm like, oh, maybe a, a slightly older cat would be better than a kitten, you know, mm. uh, with the dogs and everything. Anyway, so she arrived last week and she hid for a couple of days. Well, she is just amazing. I, honestly, I'm losing like hours just by playing with the like the, the butterfly thing on a stick. I, you know, Peggy was never like that. She just was sort of sat and was very quiet. And this one's like flying off stuff, pinging there, pinging there. You know, she, all of a sudden you get her on your shoulders and she's like on the top of your head. Like, oh my God. You know, she's rolling around and makes like funny little chattery noises when she's watching the birds. And it, it's like it's like she's a proper cat, whereas Peggy, she got in the washing machine this morning. I'm like, what are you doing, cat? <laughs> she's just like a, you know, like a proper cat, but she's absolutely, she's just gorgeous. Very, very different to Peggy, like a, a different animal, different breed, yeah. um, you know, but she's lovely. Yeah, and then she's getting on with the dogs, which is great. Which is brilliant. Oh, that, oh yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, the whole Okay, basically, when I split up from my my kind of my 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 long term my long term partner, my mother of my children, I I don't know how it happened, but I did end up with all the animals, right? Which is good and bad. I mean, the, the cats are kind of I, I've always been a cat person, but I ended up with Molly, who I kind of we ended up with by default because she adopted my youngest son, and we just had to have her. Um, but she's like a smelly old rug, and she's <laughs> just you know she's lovely and stuff, but just not. But I've ended up in this tiny flat with all these animals, and it's just I'm not certain whether I'm cut out for for animal management long term. I don't know. I will review when I move into somewhere <laughs> slightly larger. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I guess you know, I've. I'm in the UK. I've, I've the house I'm in now. I've been in for 18 years, nearly. Yeah. Um, you know, and and animals. Animals have always been a huge part of my life. Huge part of my. I would, I would say that I'm probably the happiest with when I'm with animals. <laughs> I mean, I like being. I like you know. I love having a good conversation, and everything. But if I just want to disappear, it will be you know. I'll sit and watch a film with all of the dogs on my knee. <laughs> And they're yeah. all like 40 kilograms, these dogs, they're massive. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, brought up on a, uh, um, I, I say I was brought up on a farm. It wasn't really a farm. It was a small holding, you know, but we had, I was just always with the animals, always loved animals. And I, they're really, it's really important to me to have them. And my children love them as well. You know, we're always talking to them, sing them songs and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, Got special names for them. Um but yeah, oh, I love my animals. Love them. I love loads. I, I I moan about Molly. I think if 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 she was, I mean, basically she was a a, a feral dog that ended up having two litters of puppies on my land um, in Spain. And first litter, we kind of managed to rehome all the dogs, but didn't manage to get hold of her. Second litter. Basically, my youngest just crawled in the den and got adopted. 
and that was it. And he's he's well into animals. He's he's, he's sixteen now. He's about to do his work experience at the local zoo, and you know he's oh amazing. He, he, he just loves animals. Is he in and, the UK or is he? No, he's here. He, he lives with me. My right. my middle one's in London with my ex, and my eldest is at Durham doing physics. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but he he, try, he tries to tell me about what he's doing in his exams and stuff, and I don't even bother to feign interest anymore. I don't understand it. He knows I don't understand it. I'm not interested enough to try and understand it. So we talk about bass guitars instead because he's he's a really good musician and he's he's playing and and so we we bond on that. But yeah, no, I, I've got some. Yeah, my youngest is with me, which is which is great. We get on his his mum comes over on a pretty regular basis, yeah. and you know he gets a lot of time with her. But he didn't want to move to the UK. I basically said, I, I mean, I, I would prefer to be where I am. I I like this part of the world. I've lived here for twenty years. The UK doesn't feel like home to me anymore. It's really weird. I go back to the UK, and it is so familiar yet so alien at the same time. It's really weird. Yeah. And I don't hate it. There's bits of the UK I completely love. I've got loads of family, loads of friends there. But it feels very, very strange being there now. Mm. And whereas, I mean, Andalusia just feels like home, I suppose. I mean, I've spent most of my adult life here. Yeah. And, mm. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's That's weird. nice. That's nice that you've got your son with you because, it, you know, they're, they're very, they are very impressionable at that age. I know when... When uh, I split up with my um, husband in 2017, my youngest was, gosh, how old was he? 13? Yeah. Uh, you know, and and that was a big, a big thing for him. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, because he didn't, he, he was, you, you know, you used to seeing your parents every single day and then all of a sudden he's seeing him for like an hour, three times a week, you know. Mm. And it's and it's sad, I, you know. So it's, and I think with boys as well, they. I'm really lucky that my all three of my well, I've got two boys and a girl. But I'm really lucky that I've got family who have got some really strong, sort of males like my my uh, my sister's husband. He's such a good role model mm. for my three. Such a good role model because of course the dad's not here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that I, I'm that's amazing if you can have a really you know amazing role model for your for your children, particularly if they, you know if they're not going to. And I think for boys, it is really important to have that male role model, or or, or you know when they when families split up, to have a really constant relationship with their dad. I think I think it's really really important to have. Yeah, yeah, strong male and strong female role models around. Um, I mean, a, a slightly different, but exactly the same theme. I, my, my nephew, basically, my um, my ex's brother died from COVID a year and a half ago. So basically, not last Christmas, but the Christmas before. And I mean, it was just obviously a huge. I mean, I've been split up from Amanda for. Uh, about a year by then and but it was a huge impact on everybody i mean i got the he, he died in, he lived in spain as well and I, mean, I got the phone call to kind of yeah i i ended up going and sorting out all the birth death certificates and all that sort of stuff and getting very involved because you know he's yeah manda's brother but he's he's got a son 
uh, who's 10 now, who, I mean, I'd, I'd kind of known, obviously, since he was born. And um, he was born on my birthday. So I've always, you know, had a special bond with him. And, and you know, I, when I first picked him up as a baby, he smelt like one of mine. Mm. I can't describe it as anything else. Yeah, all babies have a smell, but this one was my pack. It was very, very animalistic. It was like, you know, okay, you're one of mine. And it's basically, he's, he, he doesn't have a dad now. He's got two mums and, um, you know, separate households. They're, they're both very, very keen for him to spend time with me. And I'm very keen for him to spend time with me. And we do things like play with pen knives. I mean, he, he kind of went off, he came off on a, a Duke of Edinburgh walk with me last weekend because my youngest is doing that at the moment. And he just comes along and runs with the pack and he's part of it. But yeah, that, that male role model thing, I mean, I'm so lucky to have it as well. Yeah. My nephew. And I've really, really found, I think one of the things about splitting up and also my middle son being, my middle child being in the UK, I, I really miss them, but I'm, I'm slightly estranged. There's a, a lot going on that's too, yeah. too much to go into now with that. Not that I wouldn't talk about it, but it's just a whole load of stuff. But it's, um, I, it, it really makes me value the connection that I have with the next generation of my family as well. It's really important just to have that, I think, both for the adults and for the kids. Yeah. Keeps us connected. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. And and that's why I'm I'm really, really, you know, grateful to have family around mm. that that they can see and be with, you know, somebody who who really cares a huge amount for them. It's it's brilliant. It is it's really good. And they they get on so well. It's so funny. They're very, very much the comedians, my my two uh boys, always joking around and whatever little rats they are. <laughs> Good. That's what you mean. Yeah, no, they are. They're good. So, uh, yeah, gosh, it's it's amazing, isn't it? We, we we started with ukuleles, and now we're talking about male role models. Gosh, yeah, who? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, how's talk to me? Talk to me about your your membership then. So, you you is it? Because I know you were working on it, changing bits on it. Is mm. it? Uh, is it? Right. Is it open? Are you? Have you got it? Is it? Um, so what am I doing right now? Ba- basically, the membership there's there's two different sides to what I do uh, that are very much connected, and it's all evolving constantly. As as I'm, I know you understand and know, most exciting thing about our membership is it's been going two years now. We've got our first live event in July, oh, which is gosh. really brilliant. Um, I've hired a pub in Birmingham, and um, I think we're all about it's. It's. I mean, the membership. We, I think we've got about eighty people in the membership, and I think we're going to have about half of them there. And it's just going to be wonderful to meet these people that I've been involved with for like two to three years now. And I mean, over the past kind of year to year and a half, the membership hasn't really grown much because I, I've I've had other things going on, dealing with the separation, yeah, personal stuff. I just needed to sort out, but. It's kept going and it's, you know, the enthusiasm is there and it's just wonderful to see these people growing as musicians and connecting and having fun and enjoying it. And we, we get together and we kind of, you know, we have a couple of live sessions a month. We learn a few songs, you know, we kind of support each other. It's really lovely. But um, basically what, what we are doing, what I'm, I'm doing 
for the first time since Christmas is I've got one of my workshops coming up where I teach somebody that has never, well, I teach anybody that, anybody that turns up, I teach them how to play a song on the ukulele in three hours. Uh, I mean, I, basically we take three hours over it because we make sure that the techniques are, are good and they learn the process. They mm. learn the process of how to learn a song. Because the bottom line is, yeah, learning an instrument, it's all about process. It's all about just following the instructions and you end up with the result at the other end, which is being able to play a song to your friends and your family or for yourself and just going, wow, I can do this. Mm. So basically we're doing that and then that leads into our sort of six-week program where we get people from absolute beginner to being the other side of it. You know that bit of the learning curve where you're really pants and you know it? Yes. That, that kind of, uh, uh, was it conscious Consciously, conscious incompetence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly how crap you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, get, we get people through that. I mean, that basically, that that's the stage that most people falter at when they're learning an instrument or anything, really. Mm. And usually it's people that have maybe tried YouTube videos but don't really know where to go next or people that have been told they'll never be a musician or can't do it because of this, that or the other, or people that have always wanted to play but never had the opportunity or the time or been told they were musical. Everybody's musical. Mm. You know, some people are geniuses, as discussed earlier on, but everybody's musical. Everybody can enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, get, so, you get people who say, "Oh God, I couldn't, I couldn't." Um, with 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 artists, it's like, "Oh, I couldn't draw a straight line with a ruler." With musicians, mm -hmm. is it just, "Oh, I couldn't hit the right note, even if it, I don't know." <laughs> even it came out, it came out of the wilderness and slapped me in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it's, well, it's a, oh, I'm tone deaf. Can't tone deaf. I can't even sing in tune. Um, doesn't matter. You're playing a ukulele. Follow, follow the instructions. Get the results. Right. I mean, people are worried that they can't. How, how, how will I learn? How will I learn how to tune the ukulele? There's a little machine. You can get an app on your phone for tuning things now. All you need, basically, you can tune an instrument, a stringed instrument, if you've got an app on your phone and you know your alphabet up to G and you know how to use stairs. If you can use stairs, you're fine. It's, it's, it's basic knowledge. You're looking at me. Using really stairs. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah. look, I, I get the, I get the, you know, to G. I used to play the piano. Yeah. Um, I used to sing. But yeah. what's the stairs? But basically, just the idea that you can move up and down the music right. stairs, and that's it. And, you know, once you know, for, for example, tuning an instrument, if you know it's got to be a G, and you know where you are, you just need a little bit of knowledge to, to take you from that point to the next point. And it, no, it's, a, it's all simple stuff. I, I think I might have got confusing there, though. No, no, no. No, that's actually, but that's lovely, isn't it? You know, that you can you can create something that sounds amazing and incredibly technical, but but some follow some sim, simple steps. Yeah. And yeah. off you go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the, the basic, the, the first steps are just the same. And it's it's probably the same. I, I, one thing I find myself doing a lot of the time is, is, is teaching people that are just starting off the same self-correction processes that I use now and every other musician I know uses. I mean, it's, it, but what, what was that, that thing? I mean, 
Oh, gosh, that, there's a wonderful TED talk um, about learning stuff. And was it, you, you need to, to learn some basic technique, you need to learn how to self-correct, and you need about 20 hours, and you can basically get through the, the, the awful bit of conscious incompetence that we've mm. talked about. It really is. It's, it's um, self-correction so important. Do you find that with art as well, the kind of like knowing what you're doing wrong, or do you just – actually, I watched one of your videos, and you said you kind of – any mistakes you make just get incorporated. Yeah. That again is very much dependent on the kind of person you are. Yes. I am not a, I mean, people go, oh my goodness, you know, your work's perfect. I am so not a perfectionist. And I, and I, all the way through school in my reports, there was the word slapdash. Bonnie is slapdash. Is she paid more attention to detail, blah, blah, blah. And I make do. And I am lazy. I will walk past stuff on the floor and, and I, you know, uh, but when it comes to my art, I'm not looking for, for perfection. I'm looking to enjoy the process completely. It's not, I might have a vision for my end product. And when I get there and I'm like, oh, the piece that I've just done, uh, I, I'm incredibly. Is that the horses? The horses. I'm incredibly yeah. proud of that. But the bit that I enjoyed the most wasn't looking at the end product. The bit that I enjoyed the most was the process of creating them. That is what I absolutely love. So whether it's amazing at the end or whether it's, you know, or maybe it's not quite as good as I thought it was going to be or, you know, whatever. The, the, the big bit for me is the actual bit in the middle where I'm creating. That is what brings me total and utter joy. I'll tell you what, it's taken me years to get to that stage. Having, having come from a like school report background, I was often, I think my favourite quote from my school, school reports, driving his Rolls Royce like an old Ford, which I think is probably <laughs> relative, relatively similar to your slapdash bit. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, 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 I, I've always, I mean, I, I spent years, I mean, I've, I've put, actually it's one of the things I put to bed in Phoenix. There was a wonderful kind of meditation that we did on on the second day where we were kind of encouraged to go back into our past meet our past self and like kind of you know just have a chat i forgave my 34 year old something for for 34 year old self for viewing himself as a failure because i spent years viewing myself as a failure because i didn't become a rock star for fuck's sake how, how stupid was that? I was focused on the end result rather than enjoying the process. And the thing is, I mean, I've done more of that sort of stuff than most people ever dream of. But because I hadn't got to the cherry on the top of the cake, right, I viewed the cake as being substandard. And it's taken me years to get to the stage where I, I've – I've always enjoyed the process. The process has always calmed my mind, right? But I've always, as well, fixated on the result. It has to be successful. It has to be successful. And I'm so pleased I've let that go now because yeah. it's just so – it gets in the way. Yeah, it's debilitating, isn't it? Totally I, debilitating. I mean, I'm just – I'm kind of sort of reflecting now and, and thinking, you know – and this is something that I say to all of my students, every single piece that I've done, I, I feel incredibly proud of. 
Mm. You know, I look back on the ones that I did when I was first starting drawing and they, they you know, they weren't overly good because I was just starting out. But I can remember the immense sense of pride from doing them. Mm. And again, it's the process. It's that it's that being able to just take yourself out of whatever environment you're in, go somewhere else. And that is what has kept me going it's mm. it's not you know I'll look at I'll look at a picture and I think oh that I'll make a nice drawing oh you know and I'll, I'll kind of visualize it in my head and everything and I'm not rushing to get through it so that I get to the end point and go oh goodness well, look what I've done you know the process is the the thing that's mm. that's the cherry on the cake on the top of the cake is the process yeah and now I know that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It, it, it's that mindset, though, isn't it? Absolutely. You know? the, the, the whole thing, and I mean, I see this with my students as well, it's, it's see, seeing that change in mindset from I can't do this because I'll never be as good as so-and-so to being as good as so-and-so doesn't matter because it's just the process and it's just in, enjoying that. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're kind of, we're coming up to the end of uh, 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 the reasonable amount of time you'd ever want to spend on a podcast, right? Yeah. There's <laughs> so Some much. for hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but there, there are so many points in my life, like, you know, where, yeah, that, that, that fascinating. I mean, they always say so much stuff, really kind of good, like kind of little stories about stuff, you know. Um, like, and But where my kind of inability to have put myself into that positive mindset is what has kept me back. Mm. It was that focusing on the cherry rather than enjoying the process that probably stopped me being the, the, the rock star that I possibly could have been. But you know, I'm happy where I am. And that is fine. And it's part of my journey to get here has been however many years of not necessarily feeling comfortable with myself and now feeling great mm. so it's it's um it's the mindset process yeah. and mindset yeah, yeah. It's, it's so important it, it is it is and if you're and if you're happy you don't care what other people are doing and you don't care you know other people's opinions or anything like that if you're just happy doing what you're doing and you can be happy for other people life is really nice yeah and you know what life being really nice is good enough yeah on many many <laughs> levels it is it is you know because you're not you haven't got all of that rubbish flittering around in your head you know but um yeah oh. well I, it's been it's been a joy chatting and i'm gonna have another look at flights for, yeah. for, uh, for phoenix in august I'm I'm sort of again. I mean, actually, the, the, the Phoenix thing was about money, mindset, and kind of getting mm-hmm. getting yourself. I'm kind of looking at it, going, "Well, maybe I shouldn't book my flights until I've seen how the launch goes." And part of me is just thinking, "Well, that's okay, that's sensible, but is it the best thing?" I mean, I've got so much out of going to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I might just book it and do it, and worry mm-hmm. about yeah. yeah the, the universe will look after me. It always has done so far. It'll be fine. <laughs> everything will work out fine <laughs> yeah so yeah okay well i might, I might, might well do that then and yeah you'd, you'd love it yeah you came up in a couple of conversations um 
Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, a couple of billboards as well. I was a bit surprised. <laughs> you look fantastic. You look yeah, fantastic. Sure. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah. No, it's a nice community. It's a really nice community. Mm. And I've got a huge amount of respect for James. I think he's the most amazing man. He's, yeah, nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was, it, was, it was good to meet him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Awesome. Right. Well, I'll let you get back to your tea and your whatever you're doing and your potatoes and your courgettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I've got to go and look at photos now. Go and look at photographs to we're, we're having a bit of a rejig of my website. So we're having to choose which photos we're going to be using. Uh, oh, so that's what I'm doing now. Well, that's uh, that's great. Well, do, do that. I, um, love to catch up for another chat at some point soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it'd be really, it'd be really nice. I, I'm going to have I, another look at flat, uh, flats. I'm going to have another look at flights, and because um, it would be nice, would be nice to come out and meet everybody. And yeah. I think it'd be very good for for my for me as well. I think so. I mean, I got so much out of it. I got yeah. so much out of it. But um, if if you've got time, I would love to have a, a chat with you. Oh, gosh, yeah. In a, yeah, in a couple couple of weeks. Time, couple of weeks. I'm, I'm going through Anytime. so many changes with what I'm doing. Right. Anytime. Um, Honestly, if I can help or or you know, if you can, if you want to put something past me, set, set a sounding board would really. I mean, it was it was it'd be really useful. Yeah. 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 Um, anytime. Yeah, anytime. So, so many changes going on at the moment. It's great. I think we've moved out of the uh, podcast area now. Yeah. Well, it'll probably <laughs> still be in there. <laughs> Too lazy to right. edit it out. <laughs> Lo- lovely to chat. Oh, as you always, too. and um, have fun. Yes, you too. Thanks ever so much, Matt. Speak to you soon. Speak soon. <laughs> okay. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time. <laughs>